We live in a world where body image is everything. Everyone obsesses about the latest fashion trends, what's the new fad diet that everyone is trying, and so much more. These obsessions build up resentment within ourselves and make us hate or even dislike our bodies. In this Light Up Your Worth episode, myself, the host, Debbie McAllister, and certified food and body confidence coach, Amy English, dive into what is body confidence, ways to learn to love your body, and the importance to build your confidence first. This is part of our series this month in January. We're going to really focus on areas where people tend to have their thoughts go as the new year begins. So happy new year. So happy you're here. And I can't wait for you to get to know Amy. I've done some work myself around my own body confidence, and I can't wait for you to hear more about some of that work that we've done, as well as we touch on emotional eating and the associations with food. So stay tuned as we dig in, and I'm so grateful for you here. And Happy New Year! Here comes 2023. You are listening to Light Up Your Worth with transformational coach Debbie McAllister, whose vision is to provide spiritual connection, magical learning, and positive resources for your toolbox to raise the consciousness and frequencies for you and our Mother Earth, to discover the unbelievable resource within yourself. This podcast is for you, the spiritually curious, seeking inspiration, hope, and practical knowledge as you navigate healing, personal growth, and development, as you move forward with confidence, building a consciously intentional, radiant life. Each week, you will be given an all-access pass into the lives of other spiritual souls, energetic healers, spiritual modality experts, thought-provoking life coaches, empowering therapists, and uplifting authors who are real and vulnerable as they share their own unique journeys through healing and offer their gifts. This podcast is here to provide engaging and heart-centered conversations that offer so much wisdom, it will motivate you to light up your worth. Thank you for tuning in. Embrace your brilliant, gorgeous, and talented, worthy self. Hello, this is Debbie and this is Light Up Your Worth. I am so excited for you to meet today's guest. She is, I'm going to read her bio here, but I also want you guys to know she's been my coach as well. So Amy English is a certified food and body confidence coach with a specialty in emotional eating. I know I can hear a lot of you going, oh, raising your hand, right? Drawing on her personal journey and training, she guides women towards finding peace with their bodies and creating a healthy relationship with food. Through their work, her clients build a deep understanding of how food has played a significant role in their lives and how they can use this knowledge to let the weight go for good. From an early age, Amy struggled with binge eating and a negative body image. She started dieting when she was a preteen, having varying levels of success. Over the decades, she would ride the diet roller coaster, having weight loss success with restrictive dieting and then gaining weight when the diet ended. 
Sound familiar, ladies? After reaching a point of despair in 2015, realizing none of the diets, supplements, or programs available taught sustainable weight loss, Amy sought help to resolve the unhealthy relationship with food and her body. Through this work, she discovered the key missing in all of the diet programs, learning how to work with her body and the emotional triggers which prevent long-term success. Amy has made it her mission to help the millions of women, who include me, who struggle with similar challenges around food and body image. Through her coaching program, Fat to Fierce, women are finding their root causes of emotional overeating, ditching the diet drama, and learning how to reclaim the love for their bodies and lives. Oh, Amy. So happy. I could cry hearing that. Oh, I'm almost tearful. <laughs> I, I am actually, I'm a little, I, my eyes are very watery and yours are because yeah. we've been on this journey for years. We've been decades. connected for years and decades mm-hmm. of this journey. And yeah. I think we're both feeling like just reading that it reminds us of the underlining pain that so many of us have with why does it have to be? you know, this struggle. And yes. so I would, I would love for you to share with us, you know, I can read the bio and I can explain about the struggle, but I would love for you to hear, you know, in your own words and how, you know, how this has evolved to where you are now and how you help, you know, what does that involved when we start thinking about the emotional eating? Cause I think we've all had those moments where we sat down and ate well more than once. <laughs> Yeah. For yeah. just an everyday life. Right. So I would love to hear uh, your, your journey and share with the listeners and myself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie, for having me on this today. Um, Cause I'm, I'm always excited to talk about it and it has, it's been a journey and it's really interesting. Cause last night I was going through, I just realized this, I was going through some old journals to see like how this journey has progressed and I was reading them and, and I was actually reading them out loud. And I was just kind of blown away in, in that moment. Like, wow, the way I used to think about food and the way that I used to think about my body. And this is, I, I might get on a little bit of a rant. <laughs> so just stop me um, <laughs> if you want. But I, I, I just keep thinking to myself, this is where the weight loss industry has it so backwards because it's like, oh, eat this, don't eat that, eat in between these times, you know, count these macros, count these points, count these calories. Everything is so focused on teaching people what to eat, when to eat, how to eat. And here's the, here's the whole dilemma when you have been struggling with food in your body for decades, because most of the people who work with me were put on some sort of a diet at a very early age in life. So food restriction became a thing as a, as a kid, as it was with me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so food instantly started to become a problem and these diets that are out there and listen, you go on Facebook and by 9 a.m., you'll see like 12 different ads for like the latest trick and the latest 
magic potion and the latest thing to do to shed the pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But until you resolve the habits with food and the triggers that keep you going to those same foods over and over and over again and completely losing control until you resolve that piece and understand that piece about yourself, the cycle just keeps going. And so this is what I mean when I say weight, the weight loss industry has it backwards. And by the way, that might be intentional because it keeps (laughs) you spending your money on more and more things. My whole goal and the whole reason I decided to take one of the most painful experiences of my life and turn it into a business is because I figured it out. I figured out the secret. Self-confidence with food, your body, yourself, and the scale. First, do that first, then do whatever you want after that. But figure that piece out first so that you have the confidence in yourself so you can like nip that cycle right? And Mm -hmm. stop the drama. Like we were just talking about a little bit ago, right? Stop the drama and know that you like, really, it's like about knowing that you have your own back. Oh, do we have our own back? (laughs) Right. You know, what, what I always find interesting too, is that I, I wasn't a child myself with a weight problem as far as you know, oh, being overweight, I was underweight. I mean, I was just thin, probably normal, right? Quotations, normal. But as a preteen, you know what I did? I didn't really eat. Yeah. Through high school, I can remember counting how long, how many days I could go without eating. I, I could go three days in high school without eating. Except when I played sports. When I played sports, I had to eat every day because I would get so lightheaded, right? But I was so obsessed. I was obsessed with what food. Like it was this reward or recognition of, oh, you did well. And and so I know there's a lot of people who might look thin right now who gained five pounds and they think the world is ending, right? Like it's the same thing, whether it's physically showing it's inside of us, the struggle of the food, the emotional eating, the binging, the, you know, so, you know, you, you said you took one of the most painful parts of your life because, you know, I wasn't overweight young, but, but as, as soon as I got become an adult, it has been this cycle and I'm now in my fifties and mm-hmm. You know, my early 50s is when we, when I'm thinking to myself, when I reached out to you after being in your Facebook group for quite some time, and I'm like, this has got to end. So, you know, it's interesting too, because as as I'm listening to you, when I, when I look at pictures of myself, like when I was first put on a diet at 11 years old, 10, 11 years old, something like that, I wasn't overweight either. I was just bigger than the, than the average stick thin per like kid, right? I developed very early. Um, so I, I started to get curves at an early age and that was just really frowned upon in society. Oh, I mean, let's face it, there's still issues, but especially when you think about like the early eighties, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mid eighties, that, that would have been mid eighties. Like that was, you know, that was not cool. That was not good. Like, you know, and, and I got teased and bullied so much about my body 
that the the only sensible solution seemed to be, well, let's let's have her lose weight. And like when I think when I think about that and the years that I've struggled beyond that, like it breaks my heart now to hear a parent talking about wanting to put their child on a diet. And listen, I know that there's medical, there's medical reasons and things like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the average parent who's like, oh, you know, so-and-so is getting a little chunky, better, you know, better, you know, kind of start to take control and and, and change it. They don't realize the impact, the long-term impact that that behavior is going to have over the decades. Not only by starting with food restriction at an early age, but teaching their child that there's something wrong with their body, because guess what? That stays with a kid. And it continues over and over and over. And I'm getting emotional. It stays with us. And so, because I can tell you every single one of my clients, whether it's it's women that I've worked with one-on-one privately, or they've gone through my digital program, the course, they have all been struggling with this for decades from very, very early ages. As a parent, I think one of the, I think one of the, oh, I know this is an emotional episode. (laughs) It's one of my issues. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. And I think as a parent, you know, I'm a parent to two teenagers and as a parent, my goal was to not (laughs) have my kids suffer. I have a girl and a boy and I have been very clear from the beginning that I was going to teach them how to like their bodies. I was going to teach them how to fuel their bodies. Still like enjoy the cookies, enjoy the ice cream. It's fine, but not have this continuous drama with food because it lasts a lifetime unless you figure out how to stop it. As fascinating as this conversation is, we are going to pause for a moment and we'll be right back. So I don't know if I, if I may, I'll just kind of talk about how, how I, how I got here. Yes, please. Um, And so, I mean, I have done every diet out there. I have, you name it, I've tried it. I've spent tons and tons of money over the years. Um, I've starved myself. I've, I've binged and purged. I have done everything. And when I, I lost a lot of weight because here's the thing, right? You're real. Like I was really good at losing weight. I was, I was an expert at losing weight. (laughs) I could drop all the weight, but then what would happen is you read in my bio, the diet would end, the program or whatever would end. And then life happened, like got back into normal life, hadn't addressed my issues with food. And so as soon as something happened, as soon as life threw a curveball. I'd start eating again. I'd go back to the sugary treats. I'd go back to the snacks. I'd start eating as a way to kind of comfort and distract from whatever life was throwing my way. And it it was in 2013 when I had lost 100 pounds and the diet ended and I was like, I felt good. I was like, yay, great milestone. Okay, I need to lose 20 more pounds. Like I still wasn't satisfied. And Two weeks later, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, everything went out the window. It was December. So I was, you know, all the treats were around (laughs) and I ate myself into oblivion. 
And in the first month of my diagnosis, I gained 30 pounds back. That was the breaking point for me. That was when I said, okay, I need to figure out why I keep eating my feelings. I need to figure out why I keep stress eating and why I feel like I have no control with food. But first I had to figure, you know, first I had to get through cancer and it was after, it was after treatment that I finally decided to focus on changing my habits with food. And I remember I had a doctor at the time, primary care, who kept pushing weight loss surgery. And I said to her, what is that going to do for my problem with food? Like, this is well before I became a life coach. I was like, what, like, how is that going to fix my issue with food? How is that going to stop? Like, cause that, and, and I know with the surgery, you literally are, you know, you can only eat a certain amount. Um, but I was like, that urge to eat is going to turn into an urge to do something else. Like, if I don't fix that, if I don't fix this issue I have with food, what's going to happen? I need to fix that first. And I actually ended up firing her um, and finding a new doctor who would be supportive of me fixing my habits with food first and having confidence in myself. And I think this is where the weight loss industry, just like I said earlier, it gets it, it's backwards and it's really twisted. Create a foundation of self-confidence first. Confidence with yourself, confidence with food, learn that, learn how to trust yourself first and have a healthy relationship with food. So you can take a peaceful bite, right? Wouldn't Mm -hmm. that be nice? Yes. Do that first. And then, yeah, if you still want to remove extra weight, that's great. I'm not anti-diet. I'm not anti-weight loss surgery. I'm not anti any of that. What I'm suggesting is lay the new foundation from a place of confidence first and then decide what you want to do and do it in a way that feels good and in alignment with yourself and your values, period. I told you I was in the Hallelujah. Yes. Well, hallelujah, because it is backwards. You know, so backwards. it's so backwards. I mean, I don't know what the stats are. I mean, I could Google it. Right. And but it's, uh, you know, with when people have had the weight loss surgery or you go on every program I've been, I think, on every program myself. I know what yeah. to do. I knew what to do until I hit menopause anyway. And then that was a whole other, you know, animal in itself. But the. I think it really feeds into our fears of wanting to go there, this quick fix, because when you start getting down in there, there's a lot of pain. I mean, look, we both started tearing up and, and look, you coach and I've done so much work to let go. What, you know, one of the things that you taught me in your program was to let go of the feelings of even having the piece of cake or the chips and salsa. (laughs) Like, you know, maybe I don't necessarily need to eat the whole bag, but to let go that I, I didn't have to restrict myself. This isn't an all or nothing thing. And to just pay attention to what, what's going on. What's what, what don't that for myself? Like, what don't I feel in control of that's happening with the life events. 
you know, it's so interesting. First, I, like I was, I was talking to a, a woman yesterday and she was sharing about a friend who had had the surgery. And I know a lot of people who have had the who have had weight loss surgery mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people have had success with it. Right. It, yeah, absolutely. But one thing she shared to me that I thought was so interesting is that her friend like is never satisfied because she can't eat the full hamburger or she can't eat the full whatever. And so there's this like, there's this like lack of satisfaction. And I was just blown away by that. I'm like, that is so fascinating to me because even though, you know, you've, you've had this, the surgery and you've lost weight and you eat a lot less, there's still a link to food and satisfaction and not being able to finish it. And it just was fascinating to me. And I'm like, we're, we're missing. That's the piece that's missing is realizing that food does not have to have that much power. You can still enjoy it. Have a piece of cake, have some cookies. I do like, I enjoy my food, but like, I don't go overboard like I used to. And that's the whole key. And I think this is really important too. And this is actually something that I teach a lot of my clients and you were, I I think you were kind of leading to this, but, um, when you do have something it like say, oh, you know, you go ahead and you have two pieces of cake. So what? Instead of it being, oh, why did I do that? Oh, I screwed up again. Oh, I ate too much, which keeps that train. Like it keeps you in that cycle of feeling really bad about yourself and shame and all that other stuff. So what? So what that I had extra cake or extra whatever nip it in the bud it zaps the drama because the drama is actually what keeps the cycle going. Yeah. So I'm always like, and I, when I think back to when I was changing this habit for myself, cause listen, Oh, I could tell you stories of the, of the way I was with food. Right. I mean, I remember when we first moved away back in 2000, after we got married, our anniversary was yesterday Yay. And happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. And we moved to Connecticut. It was my first time living away from home. And I didn't have a job at the time. And I was really sad. And I would go to the grocery store almost every day and get a little tiny birthday cake and eat it. And I got to the point where my husband was getting concerned because he'd, he'd see the, you know, he'd see the package. So then I started hiding it in the garbage can so we wouldn't find it. Like, I mean, I have stories that would just make your head spin about the way I was with food back in the day. And when I first, when I first started to work on this habit and, and kind of raise awareness and understand more about why I kept gravitating towards food and what this connection was, that is one of the first things I started doing is when I did over, when I did have a binge or when I did overeat, I would start saying, so what, so what tomorrow is a new day. So what, what's next? It would, it zapped that drama that I would continuously kind of sit in. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was just really powerful, a really powerful way to kind of say, okay, so what? We're practicing here. This is part of self-compassion, which is huge when you're, when you want to change your habits with food. It's like, so what? We try again. I'm human. I've had this habit for a really long time. We're going to keep practicing. Hmm. And that would be enough to change it. And what I found over time, and this is what happens with a lot of my clients, is that the, the moments in between binges start to grow. Like it, there's, there's more time in between, like 
the one thing that brings me so much joy is when I'm working with a client one-on-one and I'm like, okay, when was your last binge? And they sit there and they're like, um, 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 I don't remember. Oh. And that's when I am like, boom, <laughs> like you're figuring it out. You're figuring it out. You're creating my, a That's a mic drop. You don't remember when. Yeah. <laughs> don't remember. It's yeah. so wild. It's you know, one of the things that you brought to my awareness that I absorbed and learned because of uh, your supportive one-on-one coaching with myself was that I adopted, I let go of the shame of eating. And that had been plaguing me for, you know, how, I mean, really powerful since my teens. Um, and in fact, oh my gosh, I just got, you know, an intuitive download. And in middle school, I did eat. I actually did eat quite a bit. Like I can remember thinking I I would eat a whole pizza mm-hmm. going out. And my stepfather would laugh, Bob, he would laugh. Ha ha. Wow, you got a great appetite. I love that about you. Right. And then I remember going and seeing my grandmother on my uh, father's side. And she's like, I used to be as thin as you. You better start watching what you're eating. And then going into high school, you, you know, like I see how long I could go without eating. I mean, I actually, I think passed out one time at high school and because I got so lightheaded. And uh, so I I think one of my friends knew and would ask, what have you ate today? Let's go eat. Let's go get the lunch. Let's go get a lunch. Let's go get a lunch. So, yeah. you know, but it's, it's actually kind of, I think try, people trying to be helpful. Like, what do we do with food? We celebrate with food. People mm-hmm. pass away. We have food. Uh, it's your birthday. It's your anniversary. Uh, somebody's sick in the hospital. You're there visiting. Well, let's go eat. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. It's so wrapped up in our everything that we do. It is so wrapped up in our culture. And the other thing too, and this is really, this is really interesting. You know, how does, how does it become this habit, right? How does food become the go-to? Because it is, it it is in many ways, it's an addiction, just like, just like Mm -hmm. anything else. But the thing about food is we need it to survive. So you, you, it's always, it's always there, right? It's always front and center. And like, I always, I used to laugh because no one ever got arrested from eating a box of Thin Mints, you know, Girl Scout cookies. We could only eat the whole box at a time anyway. (laughs) Who can have one Thin Mint? (laughs) That's another podcast, right? But But I I can remember driving with, because my daughter was a Girl Scout and I can remember driving. And that's another story. I actually made my husband put a padlock on the cellar door where we kept all the Girl Scout cookies because I could not control myself with cookies in the house. But I remember driving with a box of Thin Mints and like laughing because I'm like, well, no one's going to pull me over for eating cookies while I'm driving. Like it, food is kind of a no brainer. It's just easy. And it's just it's become a thing, a thing. And when I think there's a link to when food was restricted at an early age, whether by yourself or by someone else. Right. It that's where that what's the word I'm looking for? It's like that's where the the habit starts or like the toxicity started that, that strained relationship with food begins. Okay. 
And until that is resolved, it just continues to carry over throughout life. And then your fate, like you said, you're faced with it everywhere. And it's this feeling of like, you can't control yourself. Yeah. At times it has felt like I couldn't, uh, control myself when my, when my uh, dad was diagnosed with cancer, terminal cancer. And I think I was uh, mid mid forties and every night I got out the ice cream and not Mm -hmm. just ice cream, but you know, whatever we had at that time at my parents' house being this caregiver and just kind of like, yeah, that was probably some of where I can pinpoint where it really had a big impact, right? Like the weight just came on and then menopause happened with my hormones and all of that. And then I I think I almost gave up at a point, you know, like, well, it doesn't matter what I'm doing now because nothing's changing. And I wasn't overeating. I was like exercising and drinking water and doing all the stuff. And yet my body wouldn't let go. It was holding on to like the pain. Well, and that's the, yes. And that's the other piece of this. It's interesting because when I, when I would search even now, you know, when I'm doing my marketing efforts and whatnot, and I'm searching for, you know, different, different programs on any emotional eating and stuff like that. There's nothing that combines emotional eating with body confidence. Like they're almost like two separate things, which is one of, which is one of the reasons I love fat to fears, if I can say that. (laughs) You sure can. <laughs> it, it, it encompasses it encompasses both of those pieces, right? Because the 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 part to that is, yes, your body like our bodies change constantly, and menopause and all the things, right? But creating that confidence, creating that not like let me even back up a second, creating that acceptance. Creating that acceptance for your body and not constantly feeling like you're at war with it, with her, with him, with whoever, not feeling at war with this vessel that we carry with us through this life. That's a huge piece of this too. And that's, that's one of the reasons why focusing on changing the habits with food, understanding your triggers to eat and the different types of foods you eat is equally as important as creating that, that acceptance. Even, I mean, I can remember back in the day wanting to do physical harm to my body just to lose weight. And I was always at war with my body, always in a, like in a fight mode with it. Right. And so learning to accept, like, this is me now, this is what I weigh. This is who I am. And my body has carried me through this life, through decades of ignoring it, right? Does it deserve a little bit of compassion? Does it deserve a little tiny bit of love can be a stretch for a lot of people, but does it deserve a little bit of peace, right? So it's the two things. It's the food and the body. So what is, what if somebody, you know, a listener is like, well, what is, what is body confidence? Hmm. What is body confidence? For me, body confidence is feeling at home in your skin. It's feeling, it's, it really is feeling like I don't, 
I don't want to treat my body like a garbage disposal. I can take up the space that I'm taking up and it's fine. It's really, I think, honoring your body exactly as it is now and having so much compassion for all of the parts, everything. When you like, and listen, this didn't happen overnight. I didn't, I didn't suddenly feel confident and comfortable in my skin, you know, in 24 hours. It took practicing, like appreciating everything, my, my organs, <laughs> my eyebrows, like the hair, right? It's, it's all of these different parts that, that keep us moving through this life. And I think when you start to look at all these, it's really an, it's an amazing machine, right? And all the things keeps, definitely. Like, that are, mm -hmm. keeps us breathing, you know, all these different parts of us. And so I think like over time, just realizing everything that it does brought a sense of peace. So I, to answer your question, I think body confidence for me is just not fighting this vessel anymore. Does that make sense? As fascinating as this conversation is, we are going to pause for a moment and we'll be right back. As a spiritual transformational coach and the Light Up Your Worth podcast host, I have recorded energetic healing meditations to clear out the limiting subconscious beliefs, releasing self-sabotage patterns, negative habits, and to interrupt and heal generational trauma and lovingly guide you through the journey of self-acceptance. Experience the Own Your Sparkle Energetic Healing with the Quick Confidence Boosting Meditation. Own Your Sparkle will keep you grounded in unconditional love for yourself, authentic confidence, and your unique inner sparkle through your journey. To receive your free download, go to www dot light up your worth no spaces dot net it does to me because you know i had i love my body now it's still you know newer last couple of years right that acceptance that gosh i'm so thankful i'm healthy mm -hmm. um i i love different parts of myself and how much it's done for me, you know, like every day it allows me to go walking or it allows, and this giving it some compassion for what it has gone through and that I've neglected it really for a lot of years, giving it that, that love and stop picking at it, picking at myself. And what I've noticed is that that shift must have changed something with how it's showing out right like the podcast light up your worth like i believe that it's all of our inside work that we're doing yeah. that makes it show so i can uh like yesterday i posted a picture on facebook because i i cut off you know like 14 inches of my hair mm. and this year to support my sister having um cancer and knowing that she was not going to have any hair. So I thought, well, I'll donate my hair. And then I found as I was posting pictures, I would take a picture. Of course, sometimes it's lighting because I got, you know, wrinkles now and 
uh, under my eyes is my big thing. And I'm like, okay, you know, you know, you still have to be kind to yourself. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. You are mid fifties for goodness sake. Give yourself a break. Right. You're not supposed to look like you're 20 or 30. And, but that acceptance and people, I, I have found that more people are like, wow, you just look fantastic. Like, and I think it's that inner acceptance, that inner love that is showing, even though physically I am older. Yeah. And it's, you know, and as I started down uh, to have, um, I don't say I lose weight. I say I'm releasing what no longer is needed because I don't need it to come. I don't need to find it. It's not like I've, it's lost and found. And yeah, and letting it go. And before we started to uh, talk, so I've, I have released 22 excess uh, pounds of pain Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I had accumulated. And now, you know, like, yeah, there's more, but I, I feel beautiful now. Like, I feel like I'm like, I like, I feel better now about myself than I ever did when I look at the pictures and I'm, you know, when, when I'm at a lower weight. And I think that's the, that's the confidence. Yeah. I think too, confidence is, it's like just being okay, exactly where you are, even like, and listen, even if you do want to release more of, you know, more of the, the weight down the road, like that's fine. Like you do you, right. That's the other piece of this too. Like, deciding what you want. Like I finally made a decision. I, at this point I've maintained a hundred pound weight loss for the last two years. I am good exactly where I'm at. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. I'm like, I just want to be where I'm at right now and just be at this place. That's confidence, not feeling like, Oh, I have to still lose. And I have to still do that. Buying into this story that our society has told us, right? Like, can I just be where I'm at right now and just enjoy this space? Yes, I can. I get to choose that. Yeah. You know, I, um, my dog's getting restless guys. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I, um, I started following, well, first I found her music and then I found her on Instagram, but do you know who Lizzo is? Oh, I love Lizzo. Yeah. I mean, I love her music. And how, how she dances isn't like how I would dance for myself, but, but man, she can move, but yeah. her body confidence. Yeah. And she's a, she's a, a bigger, you know, she's built bigger. She just, yep. and she loves herself. And I watched a little bit of it. I think it's on Netflix, her series of uh, like the big girls are coming or something. And mm-hmm. it was about her au- auctioning or not um, tryout type of process of people to join her dance group when she was going to go tour. And mm. so it walked through these gals. Obviously you have to be a bigger size for her to even consider you. And then be- how you walked and she brought in all these different people to help them with their confidence and loving their bodies. And, you know, and it was like very powerful. Like I haven't seen somebody 
who is about the whole body acceptance so out there. I mean, she has a lingerie line now that she even shows off on her IG account. And I think Mm. to myself, yay, Lizzo, like, wow, you are changing lives. You are changing lives, Amy, with being able to make these changes. It's, it's important and it's time, you know, that's, I think that's one of the things that most of my clients say when they, when they do, you know, decide they want to work with me one-on-one is it's time. It's time. Like I'm, they're so tired of the ups and the downs and the beating themselves up and the feeling bad and feeling like they have no control around food and no compassion for their bodies and, or themselves and fighting with the scale. And it's like, None of that has to continue. Now, is it a quick fix? No. But is it worth it? Oh, heck yeah. To be on the other side of that hamster wheel and and to just be able to move through this life without feeling disgust for yourself. Just think about the mental weight that we carry when we don't like ourselves and we don't like our bodies and we're constantly complaining and constantly feeling bad. We deserve more. Oh, that's a lot of weight. That is a lot of emotional weight that ties us down from doing after our dreams, our visions, our oh, the yeah. lives we really want to live. Oh, even, even with me. So going through this journey and creating this business and all this other stuff for the longest time in the very beginning of my business, I was still tied up in weight. I was still tied up in, oh, if I'm going to do this, I need to lose weight and I need to da, 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 da. And it finally dawned on me. And I was like, no, 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 this is whole, I'm you, this whole story is holding me back from sharing this gift with the world. Like, with women who want it and who want to change and feel better. Like I'm still like, I could, I could see it like a couple of years ago, I was still stuck in the story. So I finally was like, no more confidence. Confidence helps us get out of our own way. And it's, it's funny. Cause I often, like, I used to always say, I just need more willpower. I just need more motivation. No, you, you actually don't need either of those two things. Cause neither one of them are sustainable self-confidence that's the key to changing all of this yes and the willpower has been the book grit have you read the book grit it talks about when we go to change habits the power of habit also talks about it that you cannot willpower yourself for sustainable change both books actually go really deep into it i mean fantastic resources that i love so I've decided I'm a listener. I've decided enough, enough is enough. What is a simple step couple? Like, where do you begin when you realize enough's enough? Mm. Enough is enough. Oh my goodness. My brain is like, well, there's this and this and this and this and this. There's like so many different, there's so many different like pathways, right. That to take like the next step. I mean, I'll just share that for me, it was the whole, so what really like when I, so when I, if I did overeat, so what move on. Um, one thing that I love to offer to people is start. So on the, on the body side of it, like Start identifying the different parts of your body that you appreciate and why. Just 
add that to your daily regimen, right? Start looking at different things. It, it doesn't have to be like for me, I, I, you know, I always had a hard time with my midsection. So I didn't start there. I started with my eyes. I started with my hair. I started with my hands, right? I did like just kind of seeing how all these different parts of you function in this world, right? So starting there and having some appreciation that I guess are some of the, are some of the steps. Did I answer your question? Yes. Yes. Starting with the, so what? Taking a look at the parts of your body that you do love. Yeah. That you do appreciate, right? Like appreciate. Yeah. If not love, at least appreciate. (laughs) Yeah. I, I have found, I have found in my work that love can be a stretch for a lot of people because going from really feeling disgust towards your body and really, I mean, I hated my body. I can say that I did back in the day going from that to love almost feels like an unrealistic jump. It's too big. It's too big of a, of a shift for a lot of people. So that's where, and I guess that's a great place to start, right? Just recognizing that you don't have to go from where you are right now, all the way to love. There's that, you know, consider the ladder, right? There's different steps that you can take to get there. And one of them is that I would say the very first step is what can you appreciate? Can you appreciate your lungs for helping you breathe? Can you appreciate your fingers for opening up, opening up doors? You know, can you appreciate your teeth for chewing the food that it chews every day? You know, can you appreciate your eyes for the things that you see? So starting with like that appreciation will help lead to the ultimate, which is, which is the love. Like that's, that's the end game, but there are steps along the way to get there. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yes. You know, one of the things that I did is. And I found it in a Louise Hayes book, but I, she, maybe she's who made it one more well-known is um, I look myself in the eyes in the mirror and just tell myself, I love you. And I know some people can't start there because it's, oh, is it yeah. hard, but to look yeah. myself and hold some affirmations about the appreciation of different parts of myself too or record it and then do it. You know, what is another great question to ask yourself? What else could be true? Mm. I wish I could remember who I got that question from. I don't, it might've been from a number of different people that I followed over the years, but what else could be true? Oh my goodness. To this day, even because, okay, here's the other important piece. Just because you start thinking more, like you start thinking more positive or you start thinking, you know, better thoughts around food and your body and stuff like that doesn't mean that the old crappy thoughts are going to go away. Okay. That's really, really important to know. We're never going to make them go away because we have human brains and our brains will continue to produce negative thoughts. Okay. So the real secret is being able to hold space for both. Okay. So being able to recognize that you're like, I still have negative thoughts about myself. They still happen. I've just gotten really good at not believing them. It like recognizing like, okay, yeah, thanks for showing up today. Thanks for playing. Great. Okay. We're also, this is what we also believe. Right. And so one of the ways to get there is to ask the question, what else could be true? So when, when, like when you've sat, like when you're sitting there and you've eaten this entire bag of chips and you're like, Oh my gosh, I just, I have no self-control. I can't do this. And 
Okay, so what? What else could be true? You just ate too many chips. That's all. What else could be true? There are days when you when you don't eat that many chips. What else could be true? There are days when you do have things that feel better. What else could be true? You're a human who deserves your own self-compassion. Like, do you see, like, you can start, like, what else could be true? And you're, whole, like, you're holding space for both, both of those, like, trains of thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super powerful. I find myself, like, uh, we were sharing before we started recording, is that I was in this really good space. And then I, what I call, like, fell off the wagon. Though. Yeah. My confidence is in a different place. I've let go of the shame, but I fell off the wagon where I was honoring myself. And you said that, you know, like this is a belief that's still there that mm-hmm. I didn't even realize until we just said it like, oh, you're right. That's some other hidden belief that is now rotating off. There is no wagon. There's no wagon. What in reality, what happened is you've you've gone back to some some habits that you had before. You didn't fall off of anything. And when when you're continuously thinking, I fell off the wagon, that is gonna stir up all the other thoughts, because that's a shame thought, right? And it's gonna stir up all the other thoughts that feel bad. And it's like, well, what else could be true? That I've had intense change. Uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah. I, I've had more change than most people go through in five years happen in six months or a year. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. moved five times in 11 months in yeah. three states. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. And mm-hmm. I think I've handled it with a lot of self-compassion and grace. So what I've, what I find myself doing right now is that, and this could be a coaching moment. So is that <laughs> I was like, you know what? Yeah, I did just eat that. Okay. Well, that's just like, I wasn't having shame on it. I wasn't mm-hmm. feeling shameful, but what I started to ask myself is, you know, Maybe it's the next morning or the next day. Like, what was I feeling? Yeah. Yeah. What What was I feeling and feeling like, because I'm, I've been learning my, one of my journeys is I've, I'd learned very young to repress what I was feeling, to be a good girl, to behave. The perfectionist stuff has been my big, um, you know, some of the stuff I'm working through and coming from ancestral and generational pass down of the being perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I like perfection. I like things to not be so messy <laughs> and it's been coming up quite a bit. And so allowing myself to slowly unwind, what am I repressing? What, what am I feeling? And I wasn't able to like, articulate what it was. Mm -hmm. And now I've realized that, okay, I know I was obviously like repressing it. And some people don't do it with food. They might do it with drugs or alcohol or shopping or groceries, but allowing like to feel that, you know, you moved five times, three States, just saying that out loud to myself. I was like, man, I'm kind of like a superhero 
that yes. I've done that and, and maintained all this stuff. <laughs> exactly. And here's the interesting question too. Like, does the food help? At moments, it did. It brought like, okay, like that tasted really good. Like I actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That's what I was craving. Like I was craving sugar or then I would be craving the salt. It was more salty stuff which you go into in the program, the whole, yeah, is it yeah, sugar yeah. or is it salt? You know, yeah. like, what am I, what am I actually binging on? Or, you know, the tortilla chip bag is gone. I went for a couple chips and now the whole bag is gone. What happened? Did the, are the bags smaller? I mean. <laughs> it's so telling. It's so interesting to look at the different types of foods that we gravitate towards and what emotions they are helping helping to avoid right yeah you brought that awareness to me you know trying Mm -hmm. to figure out and how it's linked to different emotions and you know super powerful it's super fascinating right like I always craved sweets because to me like it felt like a warm hug like a, a warm brownie was like a warm hug and it was comforting and all that kind of stuff. I tend to find like the salty, crunchy things are kind of like more towards like anger and frustration. It's just very fascinating. Yeah. And that was probably it, right? I was frustrated. Yep. So now that I've, I didn't, you know, switched gears and realized that, wow, maybe you're craving all that salt because you're a little dehydrated. <laughs> Yeah. Like, am I drinking my water? Oh, no. When you can reflect, when you, like, it's just even taking that few moments to reflect, like you asked yourself, like, what, what was I feeling? What am I feeling? What's going on here? Those are powerful moments where you get those answers for yourself and can then be like, oh, okay. That makes so much sense. All right. Well, what would I like to do different? What would I like to change? What would I like to do tomorrow, whatever, the next time? Yeah. Then you create a plan for yourself. Right. And, yeah. and how is it that, you know, I, it's New Year's. And so, you know, you may not like like your clothes, like you may not look how you feel like how you look. And so you're like, well, I'm going to go buy new clothes when I've lost these 10 pounds, these 20, mm-hmm. these 40, these 50 Uh 80, right? And in the meantime, you don't feel good about Uh how you're even showing up, how you're holding yourself. And, you know, I, I remember feeling that way, because I didn't want to go spend the money for the clothes that I really wanted. But then I realized that I could, my sister is so brilliant. She's like, you know, there's a lot of places you can go get really nice clothes. Yes. That you don't have to go pay $200 for a pair of jeans. You can go get those same jeans over like, uh, like Pluto's closet or thread up online and savers or thrift there's in thrifting. You can get so much beautiful stuff. Absolutely. You know, like, and you feel good and it starts to, I think it really does. It really does come. It's the whole inside stuff, how we're talking to yourself. There's nothing like, you know, walking out. I love lipstick, you know, putting on some lipstick and then you're like, you feel good. And it just, 
it just kind of starts you out for my for myself the the day and have you seen that with uh you know the people that you're that you're working with and Oh, well, one of the things that we do is the closet detox, right? Where we get, it's like, what are you holding on to that no longer fits? I, like I was the queen of buying clothes that were too small to use as motivation, you know, to lose weight and get into them. Oh it's like that gosh. never works and it does nothing but make you feel bad. Right. So it's like, yeah, we, we, we get rid of the things that no longer fit either physically or even just, you know, certain clothes that you'll never wear again, no matter what because it just doesn't fit who you're becoming, right? And get, getting rid of the things that are taking up space that no longer serve you and going out and like you said, buying buying at least one thing, two things, something that you feel fabulous in today because there's like, you, you don't deserve the punishment of not having clothes you feel good in because you're not at this ideal whatever place that you want to be physically. No, guess what? You deserve to have nice things to wear right now, exactly where you're at. And so just going out and buying even just one thing. And so I found with my clients, um, I just had one the other day, actually, she, she went out and she bought new clothes and, and she was dreading it, but she did it. And she bought things that she feels fabulous in. And that's, I think that's kind of the key. It's like, we all deserve that no matter what we weigh, no matter what size, no matter what we deserve to have to, to adorn our bodies. Again, it's about this vessel, right? We deserve to wear clothes that we feel good in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did something too, was that I felt like on those days was that I, um, I met up with somebody who actually helped me understand my body type with mm. clothes versus what's okay. on the racks. Right. So that I could find something and uh, colors, very specific colors, like within the blues or the burgundies. Like, that's just why you see me in the same clothes, the same frequently, the same clothes, because I will or the same colors, I should say, is because I've I did that. And it wasn't like life changing, you know, breaking the bank to. Yeah to do that because you can we can all see it like when you take a picture and you're wearing something like you just feel better you know like having I like to go you know there's all kinds of sales around the holidays like just having a new bra yes <laughs> and new underwear like undergarments yes yes it's all that part fit. of a yeah that fit exactly it's all part of, and that is part of, you know, becoming more comfortable in your skin, adorning your body in, in clothing that feels good, that fits and that you feel comfortable in such an important part of this too. Wow. I mean, you've just have shared so many beautiful tips, Amy. <laughs> I mean, I hope that all my listeners will will hear the emotion that's been around this topic and that whether you're you have excess weight or maybe you're on that lower dip of closer to your ideal but not happy like it's such yeah. a struggle that they will take your tips or reach out and i wanted to share how can they what what type of programs do you have amy and how can people you know reach out to you yeah. 
So um, if you're on Facebook, you can join the Facebook group. It's the Fat to Fierce Facebook group. That's a free group for anyone who want for any woman who wants to join and and get tidbits of all of this of all of this goodness. Um, I do have a workshop that I'm running right now, which is the three steps to stop stress eating. And we're going to have the link for that. And it's $17. So it's not going to break the bank, right? It's in a, where I'm sharing like the three steps to change the habits with food and and really find ways to manage and reduce stress that don't result in running to the kitchen or through the drive through and things like that. And so doing that, doing that workshop can be really helpful. And then there's the digital program. And of course, there's always one-on-one coaching, private coaching with me. And the best way to do that is to email me at amy at amyenglishcc.com and set up a, a call. Those, those slots are more limited, the one-on-one coaching. And I always, you know, like to jump on the phone with people first, just to make sure that will be a good fit. Um, but yeah, those are the ways to work with me. Oh, I, I highly recommend uh, her work. It really has shifted how I view myself in eliminating the shame. And as I've been on this journey, I feel so much better about myself. So mm-hmm. thank you, Amy. For all of the work that you've done with me and sharing, you know, the wealth of your experiences and um, highly encourage everybody to, to reach out. I haven't, will include everything in the show notes too. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved it. (laughs) If you enjoyed this light up your worth episode, be sure to share with a soulful friend who needs to hear this message. Thanks so much for listening and being part of the Light Up Your Worth community. My heart is full of gratitude for you. You are my inspiration to shine the light of spiritual heart-centered women. Now go out there and shine your own light. Sending you sunshine.